Hey sis, welcome to Beyond the Military Podcast, where faith-led military women overcome burnout and create more balance. Just imagine having enough time to focus on your faith, family, and have more fun while still serving as a woman leader. In this podcast, you will walk away with the tools to help you navigate the busy life of a military woman, organize your mind, overcome overwhelm, create a prioritization playbook, and a balanced blueprint for integrating faith, family, and career. Yeses in that order. Hi, I'm Wendy Ray, woman of God, wife, mama of two, army veteran, and certified life coach. And I'm here to help you create a life of meaning outside of the military, a life of laughter, joy, and intentional free time. If you are ready to overcome burnout and create balance as a faith-led military woman, sis, this podcast is for you. So loosen up your laces and grab your coffee because it's time to step into freedom and peace. Hello, ladies, and welcome to episode 74. I hope that you ladies are ready for today's episode. And by the way, if you are new here and you stumbled upon this podcast, I want to personally welcome you, and I'm just so happy to have you. And for today's episode, we're going to do it a little different. And if you've been tuning in, you've been one of my listeners that has been with me since the very beginning, you know that today we have a very special guest. And by the way, she is our first Navy veteran that will be as a guest here on this podcast. So I'm just so excited to introduce her. And she's tuning in from the West Coast today. So there is a three hour difference. Typically, all of my guests have been on the East Coast. So it's been pretty um, simple with the coordination when it comes to the interview or even being, you know, the same time zone or even the weather, right? Because as you all know, I'm in Charlotte, North Carolina. So it's the weather here is pretty much uh, raining right now, but it's not as cold, which is a good thing. Um, But anywho, so today I want to introduce you to Kia Baker. She's also a podcast host and she's doing a thousand other things, which by the way, is one of the reasons why not only I felt um, that I needed to bring her here, but I really just wanted everyone to learn about who she is, her story, and everything that she's doing, not only in the military community, but just with other communities around her that, you know, she wants to continue to make an impact. So I just really felt the need that she needed to be here, share her story, story, and just continue to encourage you possibly if, you know, this is maybe something that you're looking to do or possibly have been thinking about and just don't know where to begin. So I want to introduce you today, Kia Baker, and this is what Kia had to say about her. Kia is the creator and host of Hot Topics Live, a live stream interview series, the Female Veterans Podcast. The goal of the podcast is to give female veterans a platform to share their real stories, good or bad, while changing the prevailing perception that veterans are only men. After serving in the U.S. Navy, she spent 20 years helping other veterans make the transition from active duty to civilian life. Her passion for helping and empowering women and veterans inspired her to broaden her reach by connecting with organizations that advocate advocate for female veterans. Her mission is to shine a light on female veteran stories, help female veteran, veterans thrive in life, and advocate for alternative therapies for sick and suffering veterans. Kia holds an MBA in finance and accounting and is also an alumni of the Milton Hershey School. She also works closely with Passageways LTD, a foundation that helps homeless veterans transition back to a thriving in life, an organization that empowers women to exceed their own expectations. The Barbara 
Giordano Foundation volunteering to give transformational workshops to female veterans. In addition, she is a member of the Board for Hope for Veterans, a nonprofit that helps female veterans residing in Florida through peer support. Kia is a graduate from the London Real Academy and now coaches Rapid Transformation Accelerators for the Academy. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to welcome Kia Baker. Welcome to today's episode. Thank you so much for having me. It's such an honor to be invited. Absolutely. And like I said, you are not only doing your own thing as a podcast host, you know, you're, you're a mom, you are also really involved with projects that I know you have coming up towards, you know, later this year, but you're also, and, and this is what I love um, about women and, and really just other humans in general, right? Even though you have your own personal goals, even though you have your personal aspirations, you still take the time to help people, right? In a way where sometimes it may not just be monetary, but it's with your time. And for everyone listening, and even you, Kia, you know that time is more valuable than money, right? I think time is just so precious because we don't know how much of it we have. And so, you know, with your bio and just learning from you as, as a podcast, you know, you may not know this, but I always admired you as an individual. And I, I think we met on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And when you invited me to come on to your podcast, I was like, oh my gosh, one day I'm going to do the same because I really enjoyed our time together. And I think that that's really what um, resonated with me from a podcast perspective, because after listening to a couple of your podcasts, I was like, this is really how you built a relationship you know, other than social media, right? And I mm -hmm. think that, you know, listening to the stories that were coming up on your podcast, all the other women that, you know, that have, we all have similar struggles. I felt that, you know, what you were doing was really making an impact regardless of where this other f female veteran is at. And so, you know, I, I admire you for who you are as an individual, you know, the big heart that you have, but also, you know, being that you're a mom and I know, that sometimes it can be difficult, right? Because as I understand, you have a teenager now <laughs> and, yes. and another, you know, that's probably, you know, going into a, um, in an elementary environment where it's more like it's middle school now. <laughs> so, you know, I am just so honored that you're here and, you know, I want to kind of start off with, you know, where does this passion for female veterans come or where did that begin for you? Uh, while I was serving. So as as a woman in the military, you know, I had certain experiences that um, changed my perspective on a lot of things like uh, about how the world ran, about how the government ran, about how people were, you know, because I, I joined, I enlisted at 17 and I went on a delayed enlistment. So after high school, they, I just had to wait till high school finished and I went to the military. And I was very, um, because I was coming from private school, I was somewhat sheltered, even though I, I was naturally born into a more chaotic environment in Philadelphia. Um, I was kind of more sheltered because of my private school years. And I definitely had the perspective that was very naive. So when I joined the military, it, um, it was very, very difficult for me to adapt to the way things are. So good things happen to, you know, 
bad people and bad things happen to good people. And the reality of the way the world worked and and losing that sort of idealistic naivete um, and experiencing the things that I experienced made me very passionate about helping other veterans. And it, it didn't start necessarily when I was serving. It did start afterwards because I transitioned out and it was very difficult for me. And within three years of being out, I was about two weeks from being homeless. I was jobless. And um, my husband had had taken all the money. You know, he left me penniless. So um, I realized then, you know, that it, it could be really difficult as a veteran. Um, and I mean, there were times where I had to remove my military service off of my resume. I mean, this was before 9-11, to put it in perspective. And it depends on where you were in the country, the um, amount of respect that veterans had at the time. Mm -hmm. So um, it, it was that experience, the combination of seeing what I saw and experiencing what I experienced while serving and the change of perspective of the way the world and the government worked and the difficulty of my transition back to civilian life. Um, once I started to get on my feet again, and I had help from other female veterans and some, uh, some civilian girls I met while I was in the military. Yeah. And I had su support from these women that helped me. And as soon as I learned, you know, what benefits and how to get them, then I was meeting other people and um, helping them, you know, so that's, you know, and it would be some, a lot of times it would be people that I served with that didn't know yeah. these things, you know, how to, how to get their benefits or sometimes I had to talk them into even using their benefits because they had become so anti-government or so anti-establishment that they were yeah. not, they didn't trust it enough to even you know, but they were out there suffering. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, or it would be people I met online, like, especially when social media started happening, such as like MySpace. I don't know if you remember that, but like, um, I would meet people just at random and they were veterans and you know how it is in the veteran community. It's like, oh, you served with branch and you just start yeah. talking. And then, then I'd find out that maybe they were suicidal or, you know, they, they needed to be taking their meds or, you know, they needed some support in some way. And I would just sort of fill in, fill in those gaps, you know, sometimes yeah. it needs to come from a veteran. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And I think more specifically to another woman, I think, mm -hmm. you know, based on what you were saying, even if they weren't in the military, they were, they were still there, right? It's a sisterhood that you built. Yeah. Um, even if they weren't in the military, but they know that, you know, you did have some struggles and, they hear about other women and now they understand, right? So now they feel compelled to help you as a woman. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I think the more we can come together as women, right, and empower and encourage one another, I think the more we're going to continue to succeed, but also to continue to shed some light on, you know, it's okay that we're struggling. It's okay that, you know, we're going to go through obstacles, right? 
I mean, I don't think you you signed up and you said, well, you know, I'm going to get married, but then I'm going to get a divorce. Like, that's not how we think. That's not what we want for ourselves. Right. But being that we're in this, you know, broken world, we're in 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 just experiencing life in general, things are going to happen. Right. We can't control other people's decisions. And at the end of the day, I think that you know what's going to make you happy. And I think for you, even though, you know, you didn't have in, you did not have in mind that maybe, you know, your husband was, or your ex-husband was going to take everything. Mm -hmm. Again, we don't sign up for that, but it will happen, right? You know, my husband and I've been separated before and it wasn't, you know, like, oh yeah, let's, let's plan this separation. You know, we don't, our minds don't go into that. It's kind of like we immediately go into defense mode and everything else kind of just falls, starts falling apart. And not to mention, you know, we have kids and all of these other things that come along. And I think that when we're able to look at other women and have other women, um, you know, be there for us. I think it's what makes it a lot easier. But also, again, like you said, being able to understand that there are going to be challenges. And if I can have, you know, one of your girlfriends or one of your coworkers that support you and understand you, especially if you're a veteran, right? Because I'm sure, um, I don't know if you and your um, husband were married when you were in the, in the Navy, but mm -hmm. it's hard. It's hard to be a service member, dual military couple, it's just very difficult. People don't understand and not sure if your ex-husband was in the Navy as well, but, which is even harder. Some people say that, oh, well, your husband, I remember somebody saying uh, a military spouse, a military wife in one of my units in New York. And she was like, oh, but it's easier for you because your husband understands. And I'm like, no, it's not easier. It's even harder because we know that we're, we're needed. But we also know that we're needed at home. So it's like mm -hmm. now our spouses are still believing that we are prioritizing work or we're saying that work is more important because we're there, even though they know that that's our obligation, right? That's our duty. That's what we signed up for. But for us, it was as if we didn't know that for some reason. So I don't know about you. Can you share a little bit if, if that's okay with you about how you dealt with that or how that was difficult for you? Um, absolutely. So for for us, we were stationed at the same place. So a lot of times you can get um, separate orders. And I know they try to keep married couples together, but it doesn't always happen. And when that happens, I know it can be incredibly difficult to be a geographical bachelor, right? So, um, but for us, we were stationed at the same hospital. So I think he was more impacted by my reputation, so to speak. So that, I think maybe that's what was difficult for him. For me, um, I didn't I didn't have too much trouble with it. I liked that he was close by. So and it was and also you have to remember I served during peacetime, which, you know, we probably may not know what that's like. A lot of people have no idea what it's like to serve during a real legitimate peacetime. I mean, is, yeah. well, I mean, I don't know if there are real legitimate, somebody's at war somewhere, right? We're always kind of keeping right. an eye out on what's going on in the world. But at that time we were, um, it was peacetime. And so it was more like going to work and, um, and coming home. But the difficulty I think was the reputation that I came along with. And that's kind of part of my story, my military service story of 
I had an amazing, incredible military experience until the day that I didn't. And also, along with the fact that I probably had um, way more fun in the military than anyone should have prior to my marriage. <laughs> the marriage was kind of part of me settling down. Mm-hmm. And so um, I think that might have been difficult for him taking up with a girl who sort of was like enemy of the state in a way. Um <laughs> But for me, the difficulty was more, like you said, where we prioritize, or at least he prioritized work. Um, I I felt a bit towards the relationship, you know what I mean? And we do, I mean, it's, you have to do, your, like you said, you have to do your duty and that's what's required of you. And that is what comes first. So it does put the whole relationship in um, a, a weird space, right? Because really the relationship should come first. Really, there's no question about that. The relationship needs to yeah. come first because if it doesn't, then how do you do your duty to the best of your right. ability, right? So, yeah. but but there's this weird sort of, I don't know if it goes along with the sort of mental aspect of the training, the reprogramming, that this job is the most important thing. Your orders are the most important thing. And um, I, I could definitely see where that would cause a lot of pressure on marriages, especially if you have kids. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I love that you brought that up, Kia, because that is so true. I think that we get sucked in into this. um, We get like brainwashed, right? Like this is Mm -hmm. the most important thing that you are involved in. Mm -hmm. And then on top of that, it gets sugar-coated with, you know, this is your rank and you can get promoted and, you know, the possibilities and opportunities are endless, which isn't a bad thing at all. But I think that we take it too far as an individual because our minds love pleasure, um, love structure at some point, and we also love to grow. And I think that when we can believe that the better we do at this one thing and the more recognition we're going to get, you know, that gives us a boost of dopamine. So I think like, like you said, you know, you hit right on that. I think that we kind of um, fall in believing that work and our mission is the most important and priority, right? But I think that, um, you know, I don't think it's anyone's intention to say, okay, well, Wendy, I, you know, Captain Ray, this is where you need to be. And this is the only thing that matters in life. Um, I don't think that that's the intent, but I think based on our driven mentality, our competitiveness of, you know, getting things done and doing it right. And I think we kind of go into perfectionism too. So we want to make sure that everything's, you know, um, pretty much dress right dress in, you know, in perfection, right? Because we want to do it as best as possible because someone's life could be on the line, right? And, you know, regardless of what branch you're in, you know, you're Navy. I've had conversations with other um, Navy guests that are going to be on the podcast soon. And it just seems that, no matter what branch you're in, it's a very similar environment. And at the end of the day, I think we have to make a decision, right, on how we're going to prioritize. And like you said, yes, family needs to come first. But now the question is, are we going to actually fulfill that desire? And I think for most of us, we want to. We want to be moms. We want to be wives. But at the same time, we also want to be, you know, a part of the team. We want to be um, celebrated. We want to be, you know, highlighted that we're doing an amazing job. And how do we do that? We work, overwork, and over deliver. And 
you know, I think that it, it is a great thing, but I think that sometimes we just don't know where to kind of draw that line. And unfortunately, we get burnt out and we're back at square one, really asking and reassessing, okay, am I really supposed to be doing this, right? And where do I go from here? So, you know, also based on your story earlier that you said, you know, you, you didn't know, you know, what was next for you. You possibly even felt alone, right? And I think that that's one of the things that kind of, you know, was similar to me. You know, I felt a little lost. I was like, oh my gosh, I am no longer wearing the uniform. I'm no longer a part of this team, this group. I am no longer, you know, holding this position and leader of other soldiers. And what am I going to do with my life? Like, I'm a terrible mother. I don't know how to talk to my kids. At the time, they were toddlers. It's like you're going through a whole new identity, right? And mm -hmm. I just love that you, you know, shared that with us, but also were able to move forward because you had the support, uh, maybe not right away, but you also didn't know that there was other people there to help you. And, you know, that's huge. And I think now women have so many more opportunities, so many more or much more support. And, you know, that's, you know, leading me here into, you know, what, what projects are you working currently? I know you're helping with, um, you're, you're helping with uh, the, one of the organizations here. I can't remember the name um, right now, but Hope. Hope, for, Hope vet for Veterans. Hope for Veterans. Yeah. Yeah, and I love that one. Mm -hmm. Yeah, go ahead. Go ahead. They are amazing. They do a lot of peer-to-peer -to -peer support in Florida, all over the state. Um, a lot of people don't know that I lived in Miami for four years. And my experience in um, South Florida as a veteran was less than ideal. That coupled with the homelessness there um, and the rate of homeless female veterans, um, the work they're doing is so necessary. And they, I mean, I, I just can't say enough good things about them. Um, you can donate, you can support them from anywhere around the states, but their primary focus at this time is helping women in Florida. And they do a lot of services from food to getting um, computers to transition assistance to, you know, helping them find work to temporary housing to like, there's so much that they do to um, help women. And it's such a, a privilege to, to sit on their board and help them, you know, make these decisions about how to best help female veterans in the Florida community. Um, and they're one of the organizations I really, really love. Um, I, I list several. So if you listen to my podcast, um, if you look at the description of each episode and scroll down, I have a bunch of links there, always resources and things of that nature. And I always list all of the not-for-profits, the ones that I'm I'm most um, connected with at this time, um, they're how to reach them. So because people often ask me how to help veterans. Mm -hmm. And so that, re the, that list of resources is there. And I was really honored. Uh, to be asked to be on their board, and the and my favorite thing is probably the new the newest part of their newest edition is this peer to peer program, and this is sort of the enlisting of female veterans to help support female veterans, like a community of, you know, just 
doing exactly what I did. I didn't even know what I was doing. I was just doing it. I'd see a veteran in need. I'd see a, a an old shipmate of mine online and reach out or we'd reconnect. And then I'd hear, oh, you know, they don't know how to file for their disability. And I'd be like, oh, this is how you do it. You know, and I doing this just was what I was doing. And now here they are with this whole program organized for women to help other women. It's just a beautiful thing. I love that. I love that. Yeah, I'm, I already have them pulled up. Um, you know, before your interview, I was just making sure that I had all my ducks in a row. And I was like, yeah, I, I definitely resonate a lot with um, Hope for Veterans and um, the Passageways, I believe it's called. Oh, the, God, the yes. nonprofit. Yeah, they are doing so many amazing things. And and I forgot that they're a small city, but Homefront. They, they're from Kansas. And are, are you talking Kansas. about Homefront, the first um, veteran home community that they're building and they're trying yes. to get built mm-hmm. yes That's yes amazing. great that that is yeah it's really amazing and I'm like okay after our interview I have to continue <laughs> to see where <laughs> you know I can donate because they're just doing so many amazing things and you know I love that you are a part of that and you know sharing this with other women you know being able to even if it's you know ten dollars a month or a one time right mm-hmm. I think the more that we can you know, not only give monetarily, but also when it comes to our time, you know, I think that that's also, you know, a huge, huge um, investment from your part and kind of, you know, how do you continue to give, right? How do you continue Mm -hmm. to give and support other military women? Because a lot of people still don't understand that it's still a very, 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 very small community. Mm -hmm. Even putting all the branches together, it's a very small community. And I don't care when you served, if you served in the 1970s, I don't care if you're serving now or you're thinking about serving, there is just this um, thing that I don't even know how to describe it, that, you know, this desire that we have, right? It's just something different about us that, you know, gets us to, you know, fulfill that obligation or make it a career. And I think that that's a beautiful thing, even if, you know, you didn't have a great experience. And I know that many women didn't have a great experience either, you know, through their experiences while they were serving with, you know, other um, men around them or even other Mm -hmm. women as well. But um, being that we can, you know, help them now or even just encourage them, right, that there's more than just the military. And, you know, I, I love my military experience. I'm pretty sure you did as well. And even though it was great, even though, you know, you learned a lot, there's still other things that you can do outside of the military. I mean, the, the, the opportunities and the possibilities are endless. And I think that the more that we can do that very early in our career, the better we'll be at, at, at the other side, on the other side, when we decide to transition, because it's going to come. You know, our bodies aren't made to be in the military that long. It's just, I mean, it's a rigorous environment. And, you know, especially if you want to become a mom and you want to have family, you want to settle down, I think that you need to really start preparing as soon as you start the military because it's going to only help you. Um, And with that, can you share with us, Kia, a little bit about what you're doing on your own, you know, business, your live stream that you're doing? Can you share a little bit more about that? Sure. Well, you know, it started with the Female Veterans Podcast and I wanted to start speaking about female veterans issues. So um, my business mentor, her name is Kelly um, Hager. 
And she runs an organization called Eris. And they, it's like a sisterhood of empowering women in business. And um, we were in Los Angeles and I was talking to her about um, military stuff. And I had just read an article about the homelessness rate for female veterans and the suicide rate going up. And I was like all passionate about it, really upset. And um, she said, you know, you should really speak about this. And she said, what can we do? Let's go do something today. That's how she is. She's like, let's act. Let's go do something today. And I said, okay, yeah. what do you want to do? She's like, let's, let's go find some female veterans and give them food. Let's feed them. And she was like, I'll make some calls. We'll get a bunch of food. We'll go. She's like, how can we find them? And I said, well, let's try at the vet center. They have an outreach program. Um, and so we weren't able to meet with the vet center coordinator the same day, but we met with her the next day. And um, her name was Sharon. And she said to me, if you want to really do something for these female veterans, she's like, because it's really nice that you want to take them food today. She's like, but um, that's only going to help them for today. She said, yeah, you really want to help them. Give them a voice. Because we don't get donations for female veterans. We only get donations for the men. And so when we go wow. to do our outreach work, the women have to take what's left, which means shoes, clothes that don't fit to just have something, anything, <laughs> or perhaps maybe a blanket if they have them. And I just cried. Honestly, I just cried. Because yeah. I just thought of these women having to wear two big boots just to have something. And I thought, and she said, because people don't think that veterans are women. They just don't think of it. It's just not something that they think yeah. of. They just assume. And I thought, oh my God, I've, this is what I got to do. So the Female Veterans Podcast was born because of that conversation. And from there, I really loved having conversations with people. And, you know, I tell all the stories, good and bad. So when you say a lot of people don't have a good experience in the military, it's true. There is a lot of good that you can take away from your experience, no matter what mm -hmm. happened to you while serving. Mm -hmm. Okay. And one of the things that I think most people would agree with me is, is the camaraderie, the brotherhood, sisterhood for most, in most cases, some people I have even heard don't have that experience right so you just never know but it's been really eye-opening doing ha doing this podcast and having those conversations so I wanted to talk to more people and I wanted to talk to people that I found inspiring with um I think that most people have something in their in their story that will inspire someone else and so that's how Hot Topics Live was born we just started doing uh, that one's me and a co-host. We live stream to Facebook. Um, and we're on YouTube too, but I think most people watch us on Facebook. That's where we started. Okay. So most people just stick with that platform. And um, we, sh we live stream usually every Thursday, but sometimes we surprise, um, pop on. And uh, we talk, I talk to all sorts of people. And because I'm a performance coach at London Real Academy, um, I get to meet a lot of interesting people from all around the world. So my guests are people from all levels of society, you know, from all around the world who have something about their story or some knowledge that they can share with the global community. Because I always say Hot Topics Live is a global show. Um, yeah. And, and 
hopefully it helps someone. Hopefully it inspires someone and uplifts someone. And that's kind of my hobby. That's what I do for fun. So, and I (laughs) get to have these conversations with people live and just be myself. And we have like our regular viewers and then we have new people pop on. Most people watch the video though, actually. Um, Yeah. So, but it's, I think it's fun to join live because you can be a part of the conversation and your comments get posted and we talk to you, you know, and it's fun. Um, And we talk about everything. Our last episode was about self-concept. The one before that was Tantra. (laughs) Then we talk Mm -hmm. business sometimes. I have authors come on. Like it's all different people, but usually it has to do with growing yourself in some way. Mm -hmm. I love it. I love it. And, you know, you being a performance coach and doing all these other things, again, one of the main reasons why I (laughs) decided to, you know, bring you on as a guest is because you have so much to share and this is only you know a very small percentage of what you're doing I know you're doing other (laughs) things and you know not to mention you know the accelerators for the academy is that uh going hand in hand with the London Real Academy as well yeah that is London Real Academy those are the accelerators I I I'm a graduate and then they retained me to you know help them with students coming behind me And I just had no idea I would love coaching so much. I'm madly in love with it. I love helping people. I love seeing the transformation. Um, That academy really does transform people. And in the past, we did a life accelerator to sort of help you get on track. We did a digital business accelerator. We did a speaking accelerator for public speaking. We did, um, that was the first course I took there actually, um, before the podcasting course. And then of course the podcasting course and um, that one was my favorite to coach. And um, so I would help people get their podcasts up and running. And now we did um, <laughs> Brian Rose. He is a YouTuber. He's famous to some people. <laughs> I think he's amazing. <laughs> he um, he has a channel called London Real. Uh, you can find it at London Real or you can go to LondonReal.tv and see episodes. But he interviews all these amazing people. And he ran for mayor of London last year. And he wow. did not win. He did not win, but he was a strong contender. Let me tell you, he did an amazing job. We're so proud of him. But when he came back from that defeat, and this is a testament to like how you just never give up. You, it, you, you. There are no losses, right? There's only lessons, and you, you, you yes. have that to to transform yourself and move yourself in a positive direction. And that is exactly what that man is always doing. So as soon as that was done. <laughs> He was looking for his next thing to like move towards. And he was like, wow, let me take a look at cryptocurrency. And so what has happened to the academy is it's become sort of a DeFi academy now. And now I coach people on how to get started in crypto. Oh, wow. So you're like (laughs) everywhere in those courses. (laughs) So I do. I coach you. I coach on all the courses because um, of my coaching style. You know, it's very firm, but it's all all very loving and nurturing as well. And people really respond to it. Um, And I also knew a bit about crypto because I had taught students, like I coached students who were in finance and who were getting into crypto years, you know, and years past. So I was already interested in crypto and learning about it. And then, you know, and it's an, it's an entry level course. So if you know an intermediate amount, then you can help the beginners. And that's, that's what I like to do. And really, I don't teach it. 
Brian teaches it and he has an amazing finance background. He and he does all these incredible interviews with people in the space. So there's a lot um to learn there. It's like learning another language, but it's really fun <laughs> and it's a huge shift in the way the world is conducting business and it's only going to grow. So I guess as an added bonus for today, I would like to encourage people to not sleep on cryptocurrency, to take a look at it, to start learning. Whether you come through London Real Academy or you don't, start learning on your own and get familiar with it and start making some small investments before yeah, so you know, the like common person is priced out of it. Yeah, and we're going to link everything in the show notes. So you will have access to... Um, everything that we've mentioned here, the nonprofits, the London Real Academy, and I'm sure it will take you to the courses that you're coaching because you're also a performance coach. So that's, you know, another amazing thing. Having, I think, again, another veteran, another female veteran be a part of something that you may be interested in is even better, right? I think the mm-hmm. connection's already there. So please, ladies, go check her out. Um, as mentioned, it's all going to be here in the show notes. And Kia. Now that we're wrapping up and I know we've heard, you know, we, we kind of started all over the place when it comes to, you know, why the female veterans and, you know, what you're doing and the projects. And now we're talking about crypto, you know, which I love um, because, again, I think that this is where the conversations kind of, you know, begin. Right. We start somewhere and then it leads us into whatever we have in mind and what you're working on. But if you could leave us with, you know, a tool, a tip, you know, what would that be? Well, I think because of all the side projects I'm doing right now, um, you know, the book that you're going to be a part of, um, I'm starting to get that sort of all the chapters in. It's an anthology, you know. And um, so with the goal to have that out by the end of the year and um, learning about putting a documentary together and, you know, working on that project, I just finished a course um, for which I'm, I'm actually going to offer through the Barbara Giordano Foundation um, as a self-study course for female veterans based on the method I learned coaching at London Real, which I call the, the Rose Method of Rapid Acceleration for Achieving Your Goals. Um, I just finished that course. You know I'm a single mom and trying to have a personal life and focus on self-care I would say my biggest advice would be to be gentle with yourself, right? You're doing all of these things, you know, in order to be productive. You uh, obviously time management is critical, but sometimes you have to go, I want to do all of these things. What can I put off? Right. Yeah. Maybe what can get done next year, (laughs) right? Mm. Or next month. I mean, usually people yes. tell you don't put anything off, don't procrastinate. But when you have so many projects, you have to structure yeah. an order for how to deliver them and everything that goes into that. Um, and I forgot, I, some of my podcasting students ask me to form an accountability group for them. And so I just, I'm doing that too. So I'm meeting, I'm going to be meeting with them and I do a tiny bit of private coaching, just a tiny bit. Um, and I think that, that time management is really important. And also the other thing that I would say is your self-concept. And most people think of your self-concept as, you know, who you show up in the world as like your self-esteem, do I love myself and all of that stuff. But it's really so much more than that. 
And you can have a self-concept for every area of your life. So who are you as a businesswoman? Who are you, Wendy, as a podcaster, right? Showing up as the best version of yourself and really working on that. Because I think a lot of people get in their own way um, even if they're in business and they, they're having some success, they still get that imposter syndrome. They still get those <laughs> negative voices that creep in. And making those constant affirmations um, of who you want to show up as, who you are. You know, there are times where I'm feeling like I'm dropping the ball, right? <laughs> and you, sometimes you have to stop, step back and go, okay, uh, I got this. I just need to look at what I can move around and how I yeah. can how I can ensure I can deliver what needs to be delivered on first and how I want to show up as that person. So who who am I in business? And especially when those things like imposter syndrome um, creep in. And um, so I think it would be self-concept, focusing on a positive self-concept. Um, managing your time, but allowing yourself the space to to say, okay, these projects are not as urgent. You know, let yes. me focus on these and this year and then next year I'll do those and then, you know, work a little bit. And, and not everyone can multitask like that. So you have to also know your strengths as well and how you show up in business. So um, I think those things, but most of all, being gentle with yourself and just yes. taking it baby step, baby step, baby step, and keep your eye on the prize and working to whatever goal it is that you want to achieve. Yes, I love that. And, you know, I think you said gentleness was the first thing. And I just mm -hmm. love that. Or I think as a whole, right, just being gentle with yourself through the process, mm -hmm. every single step. And I think I love how you describe the self-concept, right? Because I think most of us, um, I mean, it's within the, the own word, right? Self. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's the way you described it. It's more of, you know, how do I see myself showing up? Mm -hmm. How do I see myself showing up in this specific area? Because you're right, we're wearing so many different hats and sometimes more than one at one time. Mm -hmm. But at the end of the day, you know, you have to be honest. Like you said, your weakness, your strengths. And really ask yourself, is this something that I have to do today, this week, this month? Or is this something that I can kind of hold off and kind of push to the right and, you know, maybe reconsider in the next three to six months? And, you know, like you said, still doing that intentionally instead of feeling like you're procrastinating because you mm -hmm. haven't put any attention or any time to even consider, you know, where that's going or wh what that looks like in the next three to six months. So I love that you mentioned that. I love that. You know, you're you're OK as well with taking baby steps. I think that that's one thing that we need to relearn and unlearn this whole mentality of we need to get it done now or yesterday. <laughs> so, you know, thank you for that. And again, Kia, you've been amazing. You're an amazing woman. I admire you again. I know that you are a single mother and just that alone. I admire you tremendously because I know it's hard. You have teen a teenager um, and also, you know, being a woman in the professional world, um, being a woman also, you know, in other areas like nonprofits, just 
doing things in the podcasting arena, right? There aren't many women podcasting, unfortunately. And, you know, ladies, we want to encourage you to, you know, whatever it is that you are trying to pursue, you know, maybe you want to be a performance coach. Maybe you want to help and support nonprofits now while you're still in, or you're in a career right now that you're like, hey, I want a hobby. I want to do something else. Maybe it could be dancing. Maybe it's just a little self-care or going to Zumba to something that is an extra activity, right? That you want to mm -hmm. um, pursue, you know, do it for not only for yourself, but for others around you, because at the end of the day, it impacts people around us, especially if you're a leader, especially, you know, if you're a mother, if you're a wife, that these are the things that you have to really consider when you have to take a step back of your everyday, you know, obligations and responsibilities. So Kia, thank you so much again. Um, and can you tell us and share with our audience real quickly where they can find you? Absolutely. Um, well, the Female Veterans Podcast is pretty much anywhere you can listen to podcasts, including um, Apple, Spotify, um, iHeartRadio, Pandora, Amazon, um, Radio Free Public, Overcast. I mean, I'm sure there's some more places. So pretty much anywhere you can listen to um, a podcast, you can find the Female Veterans Podcast. And if you can't find it, go to thefemaleveteranspodcast.com. And I have a link and it'll take you to the Anchor place where you can listen to it because um, so, it's also on anchor.com or .fm. And then um, you can find me on Instagram uh, at the Female Veterans Podcast. Um, you can follow my personal Instagram at Kiativity. That's like Kia and positivity fused together as a word. <laughs> um, and that's all my personal inspirational stuff that I post there. Um, and I, as you said, um, doing certain things for yourself as self-care, like the Hot Topics Live, the podcast, um, that's a self-care thing for me. It's a hobby. But I also yeah. do modeling pictures. And this is something I didn't do when I was younger because I was I didn't have a strong self-concept. So mm -hmm. now that I'm older, I'm sort of playing, doing these photos and stuff. And that's where all the photos are. They go on my Instagram, on my personal one. And then uh, Hot Topics has an Instagram as well at Hot Topics, the podcast, because you can see it live or listen to it as a podcast anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can also follow me on Twitter at FemVet Podcast. Um, and we have a YouTube channel for um, Hot Topics Live. I think it's at Hot Topics Live hashtag podcast. So if you want to go subscribe and watch it on YouTube, I'd appreciate it because we're growing our subscribers over there. Um, but I think that's everywhere you can find me. Thank you, Kia. And yes, ladies, go follow her on YouTube, on Instagram, on Facebook. <laughs> and again, Kia, you just continue to impress me every single time modeling. I don't think I knew that, but I'm going to go follow you now. <laughs> because I want to see your beautiful picture. This woman's gorgeous, y'all. <laughs> oh, thank you. All right, ladies. Thank you so much for tuning in. I hope that this podcast blessed you and that you continue to feel encouraged. You continue to take a step into what you truly desire to do. All right. Have a beautiful rest of your day. Bye. Hey, lady, if this podcast helped you, challenged you or inspired you in some way, please leave me a written review for the show on Apple Podcasts and share it with another military sister. Helping you integrate balance, prioritization and growth in your relationship with God is my ultimate calling. I'm so blessed that you are here. Please join us in the Faith-Led Military Women community on Facebook at bit.ly forward slash beyond the military GRP. Again, it is 
bit.ly beyond the military GRP. All right. Talk to you soon. Bye.